rising on an emerging generation of kings. One of the things I'm hoping that we'll get through this series is that all of us have been given the, the privilege by God to lay fresh foundations. So whatever it is that was passed down by your biological family that you don't want, God is laying a fresh foundation with you. In fact, this is the way you put it. You are not permitted to perpetuate your parents' problems. Somebody say, I'm not allowed. You know, some people are still in the region of, does God want me to be rich or not? Me, I'm not allowed to be poor. I'm not permitted. Do you understand? Some of you guys, as in, do you really get it? I'm not permitted to die before I finish my assignment. I don't have that permission. Do you get it? For years now, I've not been permitted to borrow money. <laughs> Some of you still think you have permission. The day you discover you don't have permission, you discover that you go on without borrowing. How many fish do you see taking loans? Have you seen birds going to the bank to take loans? Somebody say you're not permitted to be sick any longer. That's why we make those declarations. My body does not and will never play host. So even if it visits, you know some, some, you can have some unwanted visitors. Are you aware of that? You can have unwanted visitors. But when you have unwanted visitors, you don't cater to them. You don't now go and pound yam, make ofinsala, ogbono soup, ask them, do you want shrimps inside? In other words, you don't make the sickness comfortable in your body. You don't welcome, you're not welcome here. So because you're in the human body, certain things might, might still impact your body because you're in the world, but you're not off the world. Therefore, the person in the world will say, I have this sickness. But the believer says, I am dealing with this. I'm not permitted to have it, so I'm dealing with it. It's like a snake that comes into your house. You don't set, lay the bed for the snake. Mr. Snake, you're here. Okay, please. Make yourself comfortable, God forbid. The Bible says that Paul, he, you know, they had gathered this bunch of sticks and all, and then the snake came around his, his hand. The word says it shook off that beast into the fire. People thought it was going to die because that was what would happen to normal men. But some of us are carrying divine vaccination. Jesus said that if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. In other words, their body has been energized by the Zoe of God and it neutralizes the poisons of hell. So this is not about pride. This is about a real reality. And do you know that the level of life you function is at the level of the consciousness that you have? Because the proof of life is consciousness. Isn't that so? Do you? You realize that? So if somebody is not conscious, they will say he's as good as dead right so if you're conscious of natural life you have natural experiences if you're conscious of spiritual life which is the zoe of god which is part of what we gather to remind ourselves of or to charge ourselves in or to instruct ourselves in when you're more conscious of the zoe of god what happens is you begin to function and live on that level are you seeing this now 
Some of you have come through certain cycles or addictions or habits in your life. And when you were dealing with that habit or when the habit was dealing with you, in your consciousness, you never believed there was life beyond it. Who knows what I'm talking about? And then the Lord brought you through whatever that thing was. And they're like, ah, are you serious? So there is life. Because when the baby is in the mother's womb, it thinks that's all there is to see. <laughs> but once it's born out of that womb, the shock of the environment, do you know that when the baby comes out of that, of that womb, it naturally expands. So when we immerse ourselves in the God's, God life, you might cry, but you're expanding because the baby comes out crying. So when it comes to the conscience of God's life, you might cry, but you're expanding. You die to the old uh, order. Glory to the Most High God. All right, for times sake, I got to look into the word. Isaiah chapter 54 from verse 1. It says, Single barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. And then it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. In other words, make room for what God is birthing through you. And it says, What's going to happen is, Enlarge the place of your tent, let them stretch forth the cuts of your habitations or your dwellings. So you expand to the right and to the left. Don't be afraid. Your maker is your husband. He says, God has called you like a woman forsaken, gripped in spirit, like a youthful wife. So see all those terms as you in there. Using family terms, wife, mother, children. Are you seeing that now? Because we said last week that God is a family God. Isn't that true? By family God, not a family idol, like what some of our grandparents and great-grandparents used to have in the village. But the, the concept of family originates from God. The God loves family and everything that God is constructing has family at the heart of it and therefore the enemy is going to attack family as much as he can he's going to attack family as much as he can because he understands that family is a central part of the kingdom and that the kingdom is also a part of the family which means that just the same way the believer is heed with Christ in God are you seeing that now believer is heed with Christ in God and God is in Christ in the believer Similarly, the family is in the kingdom and the kingdom is in the family. Are you seeing that now? So in the realm of the supernatural, it's not a linear thing. It's not family, then nation, or family, then kingdom. It's also not a two-dimensional thing or a three-dimensional thing. They're, they're dimensions and aspects of God. So in this earth realm, when you hold somebody, you say this person is three-dimensional. So um, one-dimensional is a line, right? Two-dimension is uh, when you have a line, and a, a square, a shape. Three-dimensional is if you have like it has length it has breadth it has depth are you seeing that now but when you see what Paul even says about the dimensions in God it says the depth the length the height and the width so even Paul speaks about four dimensions but it's not only four dimensions God has so God has varieties of dimensions which means that in the realm of God a human body can walk through a wall are you seeing that now you're getting that it can it's not it's not strange to God for a human being to walk through a wall, not just God, to spirits. Spirits can walk through a wall, they can enter into animals. We see that in the Bible, Mark chapter 5. And so when we're looking at the kingdom and the family, it is simple, but at the same time, there are depths and shades and textures and layers to it. 
So the kingdom is a central part of the family, the family central part of the kingdom. It's a will within a will. So observe all those terms here, there, and almost everywhere across the Bible. Now when you go all the way to verse 11, it says, Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest, and not comforted. He said, Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems, and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, and your gates of crystal and all your walls of precious stones. So write five things down real quick. Number one, I want you to write down stones. Write that down. Stones. Write down stones. Number two, write down foundations. Foundations. Number three, write down gates. Sorry. Number three, write down pinnacles. Pinnacles. So number one, stones. Number two, foundations. Number three, pinnacles. Number four, gates. Number five, walls. So write all those five things down. What's number one? Stones. Number two, foundations. Number three, pinnacles. Number four, gates. And number five, walls. Okay? Now, it's interesting that he speaks about all these architectural pieces in verse uh, 11 and 12, but verse 13, what does it say? Verse 13, it says, all your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. So he's speaking about gates and families and architecture, rather, gates and architecture, and then it moves to family. Why? Because every family has an architectural pattern. Every family has an architectural pattern. Aside that, it also means that you have no business praying about the pinnacles if you have not sorted out the stones and the foundations. A lot of people are praying, God, open gates, but then the foundations are faulty. A lot of people are saying, God, build my walls, but then the stones are faulty. A lot of people are saying, God, take me to the pinnacles, but then the foundations are faulty. So part of what we're doing this is that some of us need to begin to identify the faults in our family foundations and to begin to address them from a place of prophetic intelligence so that we automatically set up our own children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, not for struggle or pain or anxiety or worry or brokenness, but for the fulfillment of God's plans for their lives. All right. Now, let's go real quick, if you will, to the book of Isaiah. Uh, sorry, the book of Psalms, and that's where we were last week. Psalm, Psalm 68 and verse 6. Let me show you something. Uh, Psalm 68 and verse 6. And this is so key because it shows us how God works, how, how God moves. 68, verse 5. It says, a father of the fatherless. It's talking about God. It's talking about his name, Yah. In verse 4, verse 5 says, A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. Habitation. I want to observe that. He does not say that God is the father of the fatherless. Watch this. Anywhere. Watch this. It's subtle, but you can miss it. It's saying that if you want to see the dimension of God as a father, there must be a habitation. There must be a house. There must be a structure. God is creator everywhere, but his father within the context of habitation. That means that God cannot father you outside of a structure. Oh, come on. Outside of a habitat. Outside of a home. Outside of a family. 
This is why somebody can be so anointed, but watch him. If he's disconnected from a local gathering, local assembly where there's accountability, fellowship, mutuality, in a matter of months or nine months or six months, is likely to get into some kind of heresy, some kind of arrogance, doctrinal pride, or a sneer of the enemy. Because your gift was not given the capacity to protect itself. Some of y'all didn't get that. Your gift does not have that ability. Your gift was not given that ability. In fact, your anointing was also not given that ability. Your anointing was given the ability to be preserved in the context of structure or family. It is like the oil upon the head of Aaron running down his beard to the skirts of his garment. So the anointing for it to have perpetuity, continuity, must have a structure, a body, accountability, streamline. Are you following this now? This is the reason who is Jesus Christ, the Meshach, the anointed one with his anointing. Did he need a body or not? We read that Hebrews chapter 10 verse 6. A body, who prepared it? God. In other words, Jesus was not consulted in selecting the body he wanted. You don't choose your church, God chooses it. Same way you don't choose your local family. How many of you know that? You didn't choose your local family. It's a, it's a principle. Jesus did not say, a body we agree that I should have. He didn't say a body I selected. He said a body you prepared for me to do your will. Thank you. <laughs> to do your will. Are you following this now? So observe this. Just like you did not select your family, your physical family, you don't select your spiritual family. Are you getting that now? This is key. So he says, a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God's where? His where? So that means that for God's fatherhood to be made manifest to you, it is always in context of his holy or chosen habitation. Where he's chosen for you. Are you here now? So you be like, God is father, God is father, God is God will father you in the context of either a biological family or a spiritual family. God doesn't father you in the streets. Let me show you from the Bible. God doesn't father you in the streets. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 16. Say, God is my father, God is my father, God is my father. Yes, but he uses bodies to father you. God does not use spirits to father people. <laughs> Some of y'all will get elated. He definitely does not use the spirit that you drink. Ezekiel 16. See this now. Ezekiel 16. Again, this feels so strange. I'm kind of, it feels like I'm kind of whole. Big. Ezekiel 16. Media help us. Shalohosa. Hilabatis. I need your minds in the service. I need your spiritual intelligence to be activated. This is important. This is why there's so much breakdown in society. Ezekiel 16 from verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations and say, Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, Your birth and your nativity, your origin, your infants, infancy, infanthood, are from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. As for your nativity, on the day you were born... What happened? Your novel cord. As Idodo, Olododo, 
Jinabo court was not caught. <laughs> Lord help me. Now, what's the novel court? The novel court connects the baby to what? To the mother. Is it the mother or the body? Are you seeing that now? To the body of the mother. Why? Because the first expression of life the baby is going to have will come through who? The mother. The nourishment of the mother. The intelligence of the mother. The supply of the mother. The resources of the mother's body. It flows into that. But there gets a point, there comes a point where the child is now supposed to express a higher life form, if you will. And so that novel cord has to be caught. It's saying here, then the day that that happened, and you came out, the novel cord was around, it was not caught. Why? Watch this now. Nor were you washed in water. Why does it have to be caught? Because what they do, you know what they do? They caught it and then they now roll it all up and all of that so that it does not decay and pick up infections from here, there, and everywhere. Are you following that now? Because that could then cause rottenness. Somebody say, cut my cords. May the Lord cut away the cords, connecting you to everything you've outgrown. That amen sounds like it needs to be caught from someone. It says, your cord was not caught, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. <laughs> I wanted to observe this. I'm trying not to teach too deeply in this because it's just, you know, only foundation. The child was born, but watch this. The child was born in need of cleansing. In other words, you are always born into a new level dirty. Carrying the grime and the grease of your previous experiences that cannot serve the purposes of God on the new level. This is part of why you need fathering and mentorship because the baby is not conscious of the impurities it's carrying. Of the attitudinal distortions that will hurt its ability to live on the level that God wants it to live. Are you following this now? So the baby had not done anything wrong. The baby had not gone to the playground, but the baby was carrying the dirt of its previous environment. That's why in Yoruba language, there's a, a, a proverb that says, In other words, sounds like tongues. It means that the person that knows how to wash his hands will dine with the elders. What it means is if you know how to conduct yourself or how to be cleansed from immaturity or childlikeness or childhood rather, childishness, right? Not childlikeness, childishness, then you will interact and interface with wise people, with elderly people. It says, was not washed to clean you. You were not rubbed with salt. You were not wrapped with swaddling clothes. It says, no eye pitied you to do any of these things for you, to have compassion on you, but you were thrown out into the open field. When you yourself were loath on the day you were born, verse six, what happened? When I saw you, when I passed by you, and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you in your blood, leave. Yes, I said to you in your blood, leave. I made you thrive like a plant in the field. In other words, I took you away from that place of vulnerability and like a plant in the field. In other words, I planted you in a body that had the nutrition and the capacity to nourish you and to cause you to become. 
So family is intended to be a ground. That's why this series is called F-A-R-M-I-L-Y. Because a family is like a farm. It is a place in which God cultivates the seeds of greatness that you carry on the inside of you. What it means, that's why it's called family. However, many people are far from the farm that their family was supposed to be. So you are a random seed being blown by every wind of opportunity without having the right solidity and traction prophetically discerning what the calling of God for the family was because God has a calling for every family. Oh my goodness. I will show you. God has a calling. There's something every family is supposed to produce in the earth. Are you seeing this now? This is very crucial. So he says, I took you and like a plant. So your family is like a field. Some families are gardens. Other families are like bush. And in the bush you have thorns. With thorns comes pain. Are you following this now? Some of you are like, I get it now. I get it now. I get it now. So I made you thrive and you grew. When did you grow? When I made you thrive like a plant. When you found the body that contained the nourishment, the nutrients that were supposed to help you. Now watch this. The fact that the baby had come out of the mother's womb does not mean the baby didn't need any other person. Because it's possible for you to have come out of the womb but you're still not cleansed. And the fact that you survived the womb does not mean you survived the world you were birthed into by the womb. This is what happens sometimes when somebody gets a, a new level of prophetic ability or testimony and then they stop doing the same things that bred those testimonies in their lives. So you have come out of the womb of a certain level of life but you are not yet thriving. Someone say that's not me. It says your breast, it says it made you thrive, you grew, you matured and became very beautiful. Your breasts, watch this, were formed, your hair grew, but you were naked and bare. When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed your time was a time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you. And you became mine, says the Lord God. Then I washed you in water. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood and anointed with oil. I wish I could talk about water, blood, and oil, but that's it's going to take me one hour. I clothed you in embroidered cloth and gave you sandals of badger skin. I clothed you with fine linen and covered you with silk. I adorned you with ornaments, put bracelets on your wrists and the chain on your neck. Somebody says swag. Some of you think you're fashion designers. See what God can do. Just look at it. I don't do with ornaments. Put bracelets on your wrists. So for those who have problems with men wearing bracelets. A chain on your neck. I'm not giving you permission. No. For next you just say bling bling. See people chains around their necks and everybody wearing golden tooth. What's going on here? OPP. OPG, SPG, <laughs> war up. <laughs> Everybody just be. <laughs> so what's going on? <laughs> but but look at this. It says you were adorned with gold and silver, and your clothing was of fine linen, silk, and embroidered cloth. You ate pastry of fine flour, honey, and oil. You were exceedingly beautiful. All of that did not happen in the streets where I found you. Because street children don't grow into the fullness of God's glory. 
in Europe, but they're called Omota. That's why I said when I found you, I took you through a process. And that process will be in the context of a body. So I said earlier that even Jesus the Christ, who's Jesus the Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, he needed a body for the fulfillment of his assignment. Somebody say glory to God. So last week we looked at a couple of things about family and what God, why God puts us in family media. Do you have the, the video now? Do you have the video? With the sound. All right. So please let's quickly watch this video and I'll pick it up from there. And do your best to listen. Countless numbers of buffalo cross the border from Kruger and into the Manuletti. They come in search of water. Winter dries the shallowest dams formed in the summer. Only the deepest, larger bodies of water hold enough to last through winter. The herd's movements are constantly under surveillance. Cat eyes keep a steady gaze on individuals. Mothers with calves, older bulls, now slower and not as observant as they once were. It takes hours of surveillance and preparation. Every opportunity is carefully investigated. Old, large, heavy males make the best looking targets for a meal. 1,500 pounds of meat, almost 500 more than a cow. But they're not easy to take down. They usually put up a dangerous fight. The lions wait for nightfall when the buffaloes are handicapped by the darkness. The frightening bellows of a lion's target pierce the night. One adult buffalo feeds the entire pride. There is enough meat for everyone, and each lion rips into their favorite chunk. We have a longer video, but because of time, we can show that. What were your observations? Can we have, can we have the uh, microphone here? So. I can see a couple of hands. Videos, videos. Hand is up. Rosman's hand is up. B's hand is up. Let's take. Okay, sir. There was a long period of um, surveillance. Long period of surveillance. Look at the enemy. Uh, rather, <laughs> look at your neighbor. Say the enemy is on surveillance. Look at someone. Say the devil is watching you. I'm telling you, because the devil knows when you call that girl. He's read the moods. 
let, let me just show you how. Do you know that Facebook know when you browse the sites with bags and shoes? They know what your update is like. And they know when you move from Facebook to Instagram, the adverts that will follow you. Because they are Facebook pixels, right? So if man understands that technology, you can be sure the enemy has got some pixels on you. Are you seeing that now? All right. Okay, so the fact that there were so many animals doesn't mean that they went for everything. They just picked one. Thank you very much. It just went for one. You don't need too many Judases to betray Jesus. One. <laughs> Isn't it true? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and um, to add to what Rosemont said, I think that isolation was key. The isolated one. Because um, I think the lion understood that he can't get the whole pack at once. So they isolated just that one, and that one was enough. Exactly. Then that one was enough to feed the pride. pride. 1,500 pounds of meat. Yes, sir. Then they waited for night when the buffalo was most vulnerable. Absolutely. Night, dark times, limited light, invisibility. They were very strategic. Very strategic. Little wonder, therefore, when the Bible tells us, any other person I think uh, B has had his hand up quickly. So what I wanted to say has been touched on already, but what I noticed really was that they were very strategic with their targets. I heard um, the commentator or the narrator talking about how they were looking for older males that have become slower and less observant. So they're looking for people who are not particularly observant and who are not carrying themselves well. And they were also strategic to wait for the moment of weakness of the buffaloes, which was at night. And the cat eyes see more clearly than any other animal at night. So it was quite strategic for them to wait for that hour before they launched their Look attack. at somebody say, don't be old. Now, oldness is not age. Oldness is the responses of your system. Are you getting that? Have you seen 70-something-year-olds that are alert and agile and active? Have you seen 20-something-year-olds that are just lazy and lousy? Stand up, say, don't be old. It all matters. It all matters. Your response rate. Your response rate. Look for somebody. Say, don't be a prey. You must be sharp, rap, rap. The right way. Do you understand what I'm saying? So all your observations are valid. The older ones, and I mentioned it before, that what actually determines your strength in the spirit is how young you are. Don't forget what Jesus said. Who does the kingdom belong to? Those who are like. Children alive, running up and down, active, ready to move. He says those are the people that can receive the kingdom. The old people, uh, they be easily become prey. Do you know why? Because old people feel like they already know how lions hunt. They already feel like I have experience. No, this cannot happen to me. Ah, me. Eh, impregnate somebody. No, me. <laughs> how can? In other words, if you don't have the same alertness, that you have when you are anointed pastor of 5,000 people as you did when you were a bra of five people in the prayer unit, the way you will multiply that ministry by... It's at the same alertness, the same agility, the same fervency, the same connectedness, the same. Now look at what, what Paul, rather Peter says to us, look for two or three people, low leg them before you're seated and say, don't be old. 
Then say, don't be alone. Don't be isolated. So the third reason God gives us family, we established two things last. You may be seated. We established two major things last week. Number one, to model God's heart and reflect his image. Number two, we said God also gave us family to extend what? His influence on earth through pattern, structure, order, and government. Number three, why do we have family? To produce, write that down, to produce, protect, and provide for godly seed. To produce, protect, and provide for godly seed. It's interesting, we just saw a little clip about the lion family and all of that. And do you know, actually, the cat family? that even animals have families. Do you know that even trees have families? Who studied zoology or botanical sciences or something like that here? I can't see the person at the back. Anybody? Botanical science, zoology, marine science. Uh -uh, where did you guys study? Hopefully not Sui. Right? First Peter chapter five, eight to nine. See what it says. Be sober, but what should you do? Be vigilant. What's the root word in vigilant? Vigil. What does vigil mean? Stay awake at night. Stay woke. So you don't get spiritually broke. Or get high on the devil's coke. Before Delilah will come and call you a bloke. <laughs> Go make you choco. He said, be sober. Have your sense of judgment in the right place. He said, be vigilant. Stay awake, TG, when every other person is sleeping. He says, stay awake. Watch this. Other people may sleep, but you know that you cannot afford to sleep. So the sleepover doesn't become a sleepover. You slip over into fatherhood. Or into money rituals, God forbid. He said, be vigilant. It's part of the protective mechanism of God. Vigils. So when you pray all night, and sometimes you study all night, we're going to have some vigils, glory to God. Now we have a facility. By the way, we're starting Master Life this Wednesday. So we're meeting here on Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. You put in say glory to that. So we're going to have the intro class live. So everybody must be present live. All the classes are likely to be in Zoom. But this Wednesday, you must be present live. So he says, look at what it says now. It says, why? Because media give us that. Because, 1 Peter 5, 8 to 9. Because your adversary your adversary the devil what's he doing he walks about like a this one is Caleb lion <laughs> right all of that he said the guy's walking about walking about seeking whom he may devour, which means the devil cannot devour everybody. Because if he could devour everybody, he will not need to seek. So who can the devil devour? 
The enemy devouring a prey is not a function of the prey's strength or weakness. Primarily, it is first of all a function of the strength of the herd that prey is connected to. So it's more about connection before capacity. Because if a weak animal is in the middle of a strong herd, <laughs> Are you feeling this now? So you don't really care if Bill Gates' daughter or Chelsea Clinton, you don't care whether they are smart or not, their family name is strong enough to neutralize the weaknesses of their minds. The impact of it in society, in conscious engagement with the world. Are you seeing that now? That's why the Bible never says a strong believer runs and is safe he said the strength is not primarily in the believer he said the name of the Lord is in the strong tower so even if a weak believer uses the name will it work because the power is not in my wrists and how fast I can turn the key the power is in the key the key in the hands of a three-year-old, if turned the right way, will open the door. In the hands of a 30-year-old, will open the door. In the hands of a six-year-old, will open the door. Are you feeling this right now? Because when they healed that man by the gate called Beautiful, Peter said, why are you looking at us as if we've done something extraordinary? He said, we have healed this man by the power in the name. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He says, I bow my knees before the Father, Ah, in whom by whom all the families in heaven and earth somebody say my family name is I was going to say bad is blessed say my family name is blessed that's your spiritual family and that must be the aspiration for your natural family he said resist him steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world the enemy is going to come after everybody so God plants you in a spiritual family but also in a biological family and watch this for those who grew up in homes where the father was absent where the mother was absent do you know that you struggled many times in the area of provision or protection do you know that because here comes this uncle touching you or this auntie laying on you and he didn't understand what it was until many many years later and then he discovered so God appoints family so that we can produce protect and provide godly seed first Peter chapter 4 7 to 11 first Peter 4 7 to 11 says but the end of all things is at, is at hand therefore be serious be serious 4 7 yeah it said but somebody say be serious and watchful where in your prayers. In other words, you can be unserious. Or you can be not serious. And above all things, what should you have? Have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another. And or without grumbling. As each one has received the gift, it's administered one to another. And so forth and so forth. Deuteronomy chapter 10, 17 to 19. Deuteronomy chapter 10, 17 to 19. It says, For the Lord your God is God of gods, small G-O-D's, capital G-O-D over small G-O-D, line gods. And the Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality, nor takes a bribe, 
He administers justice for who? He administers justice for who? Shout aloud, you can see there. Why does it talk about the fatherless? He's saying that a child that does not have a father will suffer many injustices. Is that true or not? In some families, when the father passes, the property is seized, money is seized, the mother is embarrassed. Why? It also tells you that a family is part of God's protection plan because a family, biological family, is part of God's justice system. So where the family structure is damaged or negatively impacted, injustices become commonplace. Israel, are you following this? Bosiah, are you following this? Steve, are you following this? This is important. So he says that God now, like he tells in Psalm 68, has to step into the mix to cover up the injustices, the manipulation, the schemes. Why? The injustices on many levels. You didn't grow up without, with, with your father, therefore there was a gap in your life and you have what they call what? Daddy issues. Sometimes to compensate for the absence of a father, you come across as arrogant and proud because you're trying to overcompensate. Which is another problem. And so everywhere you go, people say you are rude and boisterous, which is true. You don't see it because you adopted it as a compensation plan. Oh, come and talk to me this morning. He said that God, he administers justice. I pray for anybody who's been in that scenario. The Lord himself is administering justice for you. So for the fathers and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him what? Food and clothing. So these are the things that your family is supposed to provide for you. Food, clothing, provision. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say amen. Matthew 7, Matthew 7, 7 to 12. Shangamasa. Shola Basak. Matthew seven. Let's read it. Can you read it? From verse seven. Please, can you read it with life? For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. Continue. Or what man is there among you who if his son, watch that, does it say his son beg? So family structures were put in place to elevate you above begging. Begging is often the result of a dysfunction. <laughs> He said, if the son does what? Ask for bread. What will happen? Will that man give him a stone? Continue. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Next verse. If you then, being evil-natured, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven Give good things. So family is a place of provision. 
as a place of supply. So if you want to get married and you don't have it in your mind to be a provider, you're not ready. As a matter of fact, you're not ready for a relationship that you're going to complain about and say, oh, you're saying I have to call you every day. You're saying I have to take a cab. You're not ready. Because if you can't provide for yourself to sustain that relationship, why are you trying to involve somebody in your inability to provide? You're trying to enroll people into your struggle. <laughs> are you following this? <laughs> now, let me shake an African table. Should I, should I shake an African table? Oh, la gazwa kateza. Devroskaluma likaka. Let me just burn somebody's. <laughs> Somebody say, family provides. You're not a family man if you don't have a family plan. By the time I was getting married, I already had enough to take care of a child. So I planned my finances two or three stages ahead. Are you following? So if I buy a car, I could have bought it two years before. Or I could have bought a car before the car I bought. Are you following? I was telling, I think, was it Oge over the past couple of days? Some of you remember Skate City, right? Skate City? Did we have lights like this at Skate City? Did we have lights like this at Skate City? Did we have this backdrop at Skate City? Was it very bare? Were you still blessed? Because some people have bought lights and they are still buying lights in the same facility where they have to rent every Sunday. I'm not decent, nobody. I'm just talking about planning. So some of you, you have bought things that you're supposed to keep the money or invest the money somewhere so that when you get a place like this, you have to spend millions and millions and millions of naira, you won't have to be struggling. Are you seeing what I'm saying? And please stop praying for breakthroughs if you don't have a plan. Why? Because if you get a breakthrough without a plan, the breakthrough might lead to your breakdown. Jesus said, tell the people to gather in groups of 50. He had a plan. So even though he was going to multiply the fish, you know the multiplication could have caused problems. Do you know? Because if he didn't tell them to sit and he was multiplying bread and fish, 5,000 people would be rushing. Ah. Uh, because they won't know whether the bread and fish will finish or not. Do you get the point? So God is not a planless God. Let's go anyhow, anyhow. So he finally meets her father. And the father says, so young man, so what do you really do? Ah, I do everything. General contractor. Supply everything from pin to plane. So where's your office? Everywhere. I'm a man on the move. <laughs> it's a mobile generation. I'm a pressing phone generation, card carrier. So what are your plans for my daughter? Ah, only God has plans for all of us. We'll just see how it goes. Let's just... <laughs> Let's see how... Now let me shake the African table. 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12. So as you want to engage somebody in marriage or relationship, 
Start with that. If you're married, you need to have a plan. What's the plan for the family? What's the plan for the family? Second Corinthians, 11, Second Corinthians 12. Media, I need to be faster today. I don't know what's going on. Second Corinthians 12 from 14, 14. Now for the third time, I am ready to come to you and I will not, this is Paul speaking, be burdensome to you. Why? For I do not seek yours, but I seek you. In other words, what I'm looking for is not what you can give me. And of course, it's all well and good to give to your pastor, to your leaders, to your parents. In fact, you should give. There's proof of that all through the Bible. But Paul is saying, my goal is not the prophet's offering you want to give me. Or the honorary we want to give when I preach. He said, what I'm seeking is you. There is a dimension in you that ought to be unlocked. Why? For children ought not to lay up for their parents. But what? In Africa, one of the prayers is, why Jehomo? Now, whilst that is great, while we must honor parents and give to parents and appreciate parents let me just announce to you your children were not designed to be your retirement plan oh come on y'all not hearing what I'm saying because at the end of Abraham's life the Bible says that Abraham was blessed was rich in all things are you following this now and he gave to his children so please, let's not allow an economic anomaly become the template for our upbringing. Somebody say I'm productive. Somebody say in my 70s, resources are still flowing. In my 80s, are you following? Who am I speaking to? He's saying in the, in the order, again, by the way, if you already earned a steady salary, and major stakeholders in your life don't feel the impact of that salary, there's something wrong there. Everybody who ministers to you regularly or raised you up or a mentor should get something out of your life a few times at least in a year. At least a few times in a year. That's, that's the divine order. Especially your parents and your wife or your husband. That one should be every month. If I should factor it in there. Are you following this now? So I'm not saying don't give. I'm saying as you are building your family, don't have that kind of your mind. Now I'm just doing this for this child. When this child is 30, you shall pay me back. No. It's not children that reward you for raising your children. It's God that prospers you for raising them. Did you hear what I just said? But this is what I mean by the traditional religious contemplations that have now become the templates of many people, wherein people feel that my children are my retirement benefits. Your children are your retirement benefits. In fact, you should be so wealthy and so rich that by the time you're going for your great-grandchildren's party, you might not be able to stay long. Great-grandchildren, come on, somebody. You might not be able to really boogie. In your mind, you are doing like this, like this, like this, but it's coming out like, Jelenka, Jelenka. You know why they don't mind? Because the venue they're using for the party was built on the land you bought in their name. Oh, some of you are not hearing that. They're going for honeymoon in one of your private resorts in Geneva. This is not for everybody, but if God can give me three people who can just believe this, 
if God can give me just four people at Kings who can believe are you hearing what I'm saying He's saying the plan of God is not for you to now be having palpitations when you're 50 and wondering, ah, this boy has had the fourth carryover. Will he be able to carry me over into retirement like this? That is not the case. That is not the case. You're going to be so blessed, so loaded, so anointed, so equipped, so resourced in the name of Jesus. I don't know who I'm talking to, but provision is coming your way. Provision is coming your way. Provision extraordinary provision you're not going to borrow for your wedding you're not going to borrow for your wedding you're not going to borrow for your marriage in the name in the name of Jesus somebody shout yes somebody shout yes First Timothy 5 verse 8. First Timothy 5 verse 8. What does it say? But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of, of his household, look at what Jesus says. He said that we can understand your conviction of spiritual truth by measuring the gauge on your provisional ability or your ability to provide. Oh, come on. Nobody said no to that. He's saying if you really believe the gospel, you will be able to provide for your own and your household. This is heavy stuff. So let's not tout all this revelation and stuff that after three or six months, you're still saying, I don't have, I don't have, I don't. There must be holy provocation. I, I'm one of the CPAs in your life. By CPA, I'm one of the chief provocation activators, agents in your life. Never be comfortable with lack. God said you are denying the gospel. God said you are worse than an unbeliever. That's what he says there. Don't tolerate what you don't want. Somebody say, I don't like what I hate. Somebody say, I don't like what I hate. I'm not trying to say these things to boost or to make people feel whatever, whatever, whatever. But let me just give you some templates and examples. Thank God for some of you who sow into my life and given to give to me and all of that. But if I go through the service team, if I look through, especially the leaders team and the service team, there's all they just a, a fraction of persons that I have not given into either your project or your song or your music or your book or transport or cab or whatever. My goal is never to get to a point where I say I'm pastor of kings. Now uh, my provision plan is that this person is now the head at MIT or chief technology officer at IBM. I will have all of that, but I will not need your money to survive. Oh, you didn't say amen. Whether you say it or not, I have decided. Are you understand what I'm saying? By the way, you will bless me. So I'm not saying don't bless me. No, bless me. You will bless me. But guess what? As you are blessing me, we're blessing each other. Gospels, gospels, gospels of blessings. Are you understanding this? He said, if anyone, it does not matter whether it's pastor, bishop, whether I retired 20 years ago, or whether his denomination was not paying well, if anyone does not provide for his own household, especially of those of his own household, his own. In other words, you have some people that are not of your household. 
So the people I give to that are not in kings. Pastors, members, people, strangers. That is what I want us to cultivate. But you must cultivate it from conviction and revelation. And one of the greatest testers is there an allocation from your resources that go to the house where God feeds you. It's, see, this thing is deeper. It's deeper than, hey, they want our money. People that say that they don't have understanding. He said, this is it. What, where else do you find this in the Bible? About a believer being worse than an unbeliever. He said, the way we know is that if you cannot provide material things for those that God gave you. Why? Because God never gives you anyone without the inherent ability to take care of them. Never. If it was God that gave you, money will not shame you. He does not include the government in this equation. Does not include the presbytery in this equation. Does not include the tax force, IRS, LAMATA, LASMA, LOMA. Nobody. If anyone does not provide for his own, especially it's worse than an infidel. My goodness, I still have a lot to share, but time is far spent. So I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll pick the first two points. And the second. Should I give you one more point? Just one more. Just one more. Number four, family is given to us to nurture God's seeds of greatness in each person. Every human being has seeds of greatness. Every human being. Every human being. By the way, I pray for anybody who might be struggling with a provision plan. Because many of us, the problem is we grew up with the wrong economic template. The template was you have to borrow to live well. The template was you have to steal to live well. You have to manipulate to live well. May the spirit of the Lord breathe upon your mind, upon your heart, and begin to show you new colors and flavors and pages Amen. of possibilities by his spirit in the name of Jesus. Number five, seeds of greatness. The spirit of the Lord puts in everybody seeds of greatness. Everyone. And family is given as a gift to nurture God's seeds of greatness in every person. So it's technically impossible for you to fulfill God's plans for your life without feedback and the fortification of a family. So look at what Paul says, 2 Timothy chapter 1, 5 to 7. It says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first, where? In who? In your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If we had enough time, I would have gone to Abraham and Isaac, Isaac and Jacob, and all of that, and would have also looked at Moses and how he blessed the tribes and all of that. And see one of the major things there is that in Timothy was that faith, that seed that was in his mother Eunice, that was in his grandmother Lois. But God put Timothy in a family so that, let me use a Yoruba expression, so that he would not be doing any biri Family is supposed to enhance your trajectory so that you don't waste your life repeating your parents' mistakes. Waste your life experimenting what your parents already 
have the answers to. That's why he says, train up a child in the way he should go. And what's going to happen? Some people say, train up your child. Must train up a child. Which means that it might not even be your child. But if that person is subjected to training, he's going to end up in the right place. See them now. Train up a child in the way, not the way you want him to go, but the way he should go. Why? Because not every child should go the same way. Some are good with numbers. Others are good with letters. And others are good with love letters. <laughs> love notes. Yeah? Why doesn't I say, stir up the gift of God? Good to see you all, T. Welcome. Looking super hot. Hot pink. Therefore, I remind you. Look at what it says. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. So he had biological parenting, then he had spiritual parenting. Now, do you see that in the life of Timothy, we don't hear any mention of his father? But because certain things in your life will never come out without fathering. Even though you have two generations of excellent mothering, God had to bring Timothy into, rather Paul into Timothy's life. Because mothers can nurture, but fathers lunch. Oh, come on, y'all not getting that. That's why the whole feminist, extreme feminist movement is not of God. The one that says we don't need men. I'm not talking about the one that is fighting for equality of you know, visibility or trying to get equal pay in the workplace and all of that. That's good stuff, right? Women should not be paid less just because they are women. Okay? But I'm talking about the extremists that say, we don't need any man. I got it covered. A mother, a woman can nurture. We'll talk about that in second service when we talk about model marriage. A mother can nurture, but it takes a father to launch. A father to release. Are you following that now? Says, look at what it says. Children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty woman. Mighty man! Not a mighty woman. <laughs> Why? Because for an arrow to be launched, you need a strong hand. Can God grace a woman with some fatherly capacities? Yes, but it's not the preferred order. That's why even the father does not say, I'm coming to you. He says, I will send you the Holy Spirit. Send you the mothering dimension. Are you seeing this now? Might as well just finish it. Somebody say there's greatness in you. In the text that we read in Ezekiel, do you remember that child that was, remember the story in Ezekiel we read earlier? It said, I found you in your blood. You were not caught, you were not clean. You were outside, you were all mortal, you were a strict child. Now, what happened when God took the child through the process, he said then you thrived and you grew and you were matured and you became very beautiful. So family turns ugly situations into beautiful expositions. Many people who are breaking things in society were broken out of families. And when they were broken out of families, because watch this, human beings are like bones. We will always cause pain until we find our place. 
every bone that is out of place will cause pain. That's why I said that guy is a pain in the backside. Because you're not supposed to sit on pins out of place. Can't walk too quick, too good without. All right, number five, which is the final one. And I'm just going to preach this. To perpetrate, number five, why do we have family? To perpetrate and proliferate God's potential. Write that down. To perpetrate and proliferate God's potential, purposes, prosperity, and blessings. Why do we have family? Why can't we all just, you know, randomly just emerge? Because if we randomly emerge, we're going to be so disorganized. We're all going to make the same mistakes. Everybody will be fighting for limited resources. But God sets the solitary in families, organized humanity. Let me show you something important. Every family was designed to usher a dimension of God's potential into the earth. Are you aware of that? To usher a dimension of God's potential. So God knew that I was going to be sent to raise kings. So God sent me a queen. Yeah. Now, I'm not just saying that from a romantic place. I'm saying the wiring, our configuration. Our Are you saying what I'm saying? God knew I was going to raise kings and you need strong hand. So he gave me a very strong mind. I'm not easily discouraged. I'm not easily distracted. I'm not easily overwhelmed. I can plow and walk and work because if you're going to walk in across time zones, come on. You know, many of the things we're doing now, many of you cannot see it. And it's understandable that you might not be able to see because you know, when you're in the frame, you can't really see it. But if God is using to paint the picture, you can see better than the picture he's painting. That's why mentors and teachers and fathers can see more about you than you can see about yourself. Because you're the one in the frame. The picture in the frame does not see itself. So there are things I've seen about some of you. And I'm like, the reason you cannot be coming late is one day you will give the speech at the UN. Will you start by saying, I'm sorry I came late? So you think it's just about service, 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 service. Are you, you get it now. It can be. It cannot be about service. What service? You service a car not for the car to stay at the service station. You service a car for it to drive to a destination. So every service is servicing you for destiny. But if you get late to the service station, how will you arrive early at the destination? Come you all not getting this now. Let me show you something so you don't think it's just philosophy. Ah, three times can't talk. Ah, this guy is sweet mouth. Genesis 4, 19 to 22. See what it says. Genesis 4, 19, 22, media, I need faster. Then Lamech took for himself two wives. The name of one was Ada. Ada, Ada. Ada. And the name of the second was Zila. And Ada bore Jabal. Who was Jabal? Tell me. Who was Jabal? He was the father of those who dwell in tents and livestock. So what God pushed into the earth 
through the family of Jabal was real estates, agriculture, lands, because he was the father. He was the one that raised and sired a generation that discovered the invention of tents. Oh my God. Some of you are not, you're not seeing where this is going. He said his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all those who play the harp and the flute. And as for Zila, she also bought Tubal Cain, an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. So see the connections here. That the one who was making the bronze and iron would supply the ten pegs and the instruments for the one that would build the tents. And the one making the bronze and iron would produce the instruments. Are you hearing that now? So there are some of you that say there is a, a music thing in my family. My father was a musician. My grandfather was a musician. And like, but I'm an engineer. You already missed it. Because God cannot waste three generations of possibilities. Some of you are not getting that. God does not put your wealth where he has not put your gift in. He does not put, oh, Yabahanda Kasa. Because he distributes inheritance by families. He is not random. So in my family, there is a music thing in my family. In fact, I grew up thinking that every family had a music thing. My, my father was a choir master. Some of you know the Alonra Agbaye song that came out. And it was originally by Bolare. Bolare was in the choir that my father directed for about 40 years ago. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying right now? So when you hear spontaneous worship, it's not just coming from my personal intimacy. Something that has an old oil and an old deposit is being activated somewhere. Because because the earth moves in cycles and moves in cycles and when God finds a person who can reconnect with the old mantle, Elijah's oh, are you hearing what I'm saying right now? Do you see there's a prayer thing happening because about 50 years ago there was an Ayobabalola somewhere are you getting this? He says that which has been is what will be. God is not random he said it was the father of those so the person <laughs> who's making musical instruments if he tries to instruct he might do a little bit well but he's not going to get the fullness of his possibilities there. so when the patriarchs bless their children they bless them in specific areas and one of the things we're going to do at the end of the series i guess we're going to have a prayer meeting and impartation service and even get some of the parents in the house, the Adinojis will be speaking next week. Get some of them to make declarations over. Are you understanding this? Because the randomness in your life must stop. It has cost you seven years of experimenting. Seven years. Is it this one? Is it that one? Every family has a divine direction. Every family. By the way, there's a ministry thing in my family. Everybody in my family, is it a pastor? Or about to become one or seven as a pastor without the title every one of the seven of us and their spouses in fact serious it's strong he says when the Lord divided the nations so he divided the nations divided families divide and he gave gifts another thing in my family there's a teaching thing in my family 
So everybody that teaches an online course or has written a book or God distributes this thing. And by the way, you know in Kings, there's some, I mentioned that yesterday. Because the leader, the father that God gives you will begin to pull you, pull, pull. So there's a lot of music in the house because the father of the house has it. There's a lot of consulting and training and teaching and writing in the house because the father is, are you getting what I'm saying? I'm joining this church. I'm joining, do you know the spiritual lineage? I like the aesthetics. Is that your destiny? What's the oil in you? There's a creativity thing in the house as well. There's a fashion thing in the house. God put us in family to perpetuate. Let's close because of time. Let's pray. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Mahanda Hasha. It was the father. He said, Bezalel, I've put on Bezalel. Some of you, listen, you are real estate. I, I proclaim that over this house now. Real estate, agriculture. Real estate, agriculture. I want to pray for two or three people who've been, I'm not talking about personal investment. You're either in agriculture or real estate or you're about to launch into it as a business. It's not a lot of personal, about two or three of you are just saying my spirit. Land, agriculture. Shumba, everybody let's pray. Gandosa Kalasas. Bozuzi Gada, Swalivra support here, super. Ingo Shakakata. If I were you, I would raise my voice louder and cry to the Father of all fathers, the Father of all spirits. And you know what is true of biological families? It's even more true of spiritual families. There's a lineage. John the Baptist came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. There's a lineage. Jesus is of the order of David. That's why he's called the son of David. He came as David. Not as David rather, but of the order of David. Of the order of David. Pray your way out of randomness. As you pray, watch this illustration. He said, children are like arrows in the hands of a mighty man. A mighty man cannot shoot effectively except he sees. But when he shoots that arrow, he's releasing that arrow to reach a place he has seen but he will not get to. So a child is a father's passport into a time zone and a generation he may not get into. But without that father, it does not matter how, how sharp the arrow is. The arrow cannot go farther without the father. So stop being so excited about how sharp you are as an arrow. 
how long you are as an arrow. But can we cry, oh Lord, connect me to this house. If you're in this house, the Lord has sent me to you as a spiritual father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Gifts of grace are given to you. Doors are open to you. Lands are given to you. Lands are given to you. Insight. Connections. We shall see, we shall celebrate it. You may go back to your seats. Everybody raise your hand. Shout it ends with me. It ends with me. Shout it louder. It ends with me. It ends with me. The sons of Jabal. They will be going and they will just see that when they get into when that's doing land, it was just easy. They will just do it easily. Livestock multiplying. But when they try to go into bronze and iron, the first day, you break a, a thumb. The next day, you break this one. I tell people often, thank God for my gifts and my abilities and all of that. I'm so grateful to God for it. But I tell people often, God has blessed me more in ministry. By ministry, I'm talking about strangers who encounter my ministry that he has blessed me through whatever training or products I create. You just discover because your wealth is in the field you are anointed for. It's in the field. God put us in families to make our lives easier. Don't be stressed and run up and down. So some of you need to ask your parents questions. Just talk, interact, ask questions. Father, we give you praise. In many ways, I feel like we're quote-unquote quenching the spirit but we're not quenching him in the name of Jesus. Just have to end the service. I feel it very strong, the kind of oil that could move us for another 30 or so minutes. I feel it. Should we pray through? And people should we release people? If you're leaving the first service, if you're leaving the first service, if you're leaving the first service, leave praying and listen to the second message. Second service, we're not going to take fast songs. Let's just go in a worshipful songs. And there, you don't want to distort what's in the atmosphere. There's something strong in the atmosphere. It's, it's so strong. It's a destiny thing. It's a destiny. Abraham, come, Mahula, Kosala, Hatas, Elo, Sakola, Hundabo, Shabiakas. In the name of Jesus. I know that people call you Father Abraham, you know, sometimes jokingly and all, but the grace for fatherhood, Malosa, receive now, receive now. Lord, let there be an impartation of grace upon him. Ulako Sakata, capacity beyond your years, beyond your age. Capacity, capacity. Ulalakosa, capacity. Kasula, capacity. Masola, capacity. Yes, yes, yes. You have asked, why am I carrying all those weights over the last three months, four months, six months? Capacity! In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you.
you, Father. You may be seated, everybody. The generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this out.